We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori. And I am Rhonda. And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real life conversation about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. So we just want to welcome you. Um, you know, part one of the events that we decided to add to our HeartStrong experience was uh, just an opportunity to get into a live conversation. Um, Pastor Ron and myself, we have a podcast, the Awakening Moments podcast. And so we put a, a podcast out every single week and that's just the audio, but we just thought it would be really fun to be able to come together, um, you know, virtually create the video and um, for HeartStrong as well, and just have a conversation about something that lines up with the theme for the month. And so we're so excited for you guys to be with us today. And then we also wanted to be able to make this for anybody that wants to watch on the replay, just as an additional piece of content and people processing like what it is that God is doing through um, HeartStrong this month. Uh, I want to introduce you, you know, Pastor Rhonda, so she's there, but I want to introduce you to Pastor Ermarie Basson. She's the pastor of um, Life Church in BC, and this is the church that is doing HeartStrong with us. So we've got a whole BC crew that has joined us. They do their own Bible study at 6 a.m. BC time and um, some other events throughout the week. And it's just been incredible partnering with them. And this month in particular in July, they have owned all of the content. So all the content that was created for you guys uh, came from them, their team, and um, just pouring into this topic uh, around, again, our identity being in Christ so that we do not have to walk in fear. And what does that look like? And how do we navigate the reality of fear in our lives and placing our identity in Christ over those fears? And so that's really what we want to dive into today. Our uh, scripture for uh, this month is Hebrews 13, 6. So we can confidently say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. And I thought it might be fun just to start uh, Pastor Rhonda, Pastor Ermery with just a lighthearted question about something that you're afraid of. This doesn't have to be like the deepest, darkest, you know what I'm talking about? Emotional fear in your life, but like just in the world, in life, what are you afraid of? Well, I can answer that very easily. Dead mice. And there's a story to this because it's really random. A real mouse. No problem. I love animals. It's, I don't want them in my house, but not a problem. I have a pool and there was one day I put my hand in and there were three dead mice floating around on it. And I grabbed it and it was kind of like on me. I don't even remember what happened. Oh, shoot. I just, I just froze. Sorry. I just froze. I don't even know. Can you hear me now? Okay. Did, I, did you hear about me putting my hand in the skimmer? Okay. All I remember. Oh, shoot. I am freezing. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to hotspot. So why don't you go, Lori, first? Actually, Rhonda, you're good. Yeah. You're freezing to us. Okay. It keeps freezing on my skin. I'm like, oh, no, it keeps freezing. Okay. I'm like, oh, shoot. It froze again. Okay. So I put my hand in three dead mice. All I remember is screaming and running. And since then, if I see a dead mouse, I have to like squint my eyes and walk by. It freaks me right out. So 
There you go. Dead mice. I feel so bad. I feel so bad for you, Rhonda, too, because some of our staff found out that Rhonda hates dead mice. So if we find mice at the church in mice in mouse traps, they put it on Rhonda's desk. Oh. Uh, like one time somebody put it like on her keys so that she had to move the mouse to get her keys. <laughs> no, that's that's like evil. It's so yeah. wrong. Yes. Okay. So there, so it's just adding, it's just adding to that disgust. <sighs> anyway, there's my story. Oh, Marie, what about you? Well, I think for me, it's it's not dead mice, it's alive mice. Uh, anything actually, any living rodents. Um, I always thought my biggest fear was snakes. And then one time, many, many years ago, when I did a drama series, I had, my character had to actually hold a um, albino cobra. No, python. Sorry, python. Cobras can kill you, right? Python, python can too. But a yellow, like it was three meters long python that I had to lift up out of a basket and put around my neck. I had to do practice it with uh, with the snake handler a couple of times, and I feel like I completely overcame my fear then for snakes, but mice and and weasels and um, anything like that. And I because we have chickens and the weasels they're evil. Like those things are evil. They come and they bite their chickens in the back and then they suck the their necks off and then they suck the blood out and then they leave. Like that's evil. Oh my goodness, that is evil. Ew, that's really gross. No, I don't like any of those. Oh my goodness, that is so funny. Well, I have like somewhat of a fear of heights. So when I see like on TV, people bungee jumping or, you know, jumping out of a plane or like on the scaling a high, high mountain, I'm like, it just turns my stomach. And the funny thing is I never had a fear of heights growing up and somewhere in my like late twenties, Jason and I went to Canada's wonderland amusement park. And there was this ride called the extreme sky flyer. And Jason said, Oh, I want to do that. And I was like, Oh, please don't do that. Please don't do that. We didn't have any kids at the time, but I was like, if you die, if the rope, you know, if the rope breaks and you die, like, I don't want to be a widow. I'm young. Like, please don't do this. And he's like, no, no, I'm doing it. And I'm like, well, fine. If you're doing it, I'm going to do it. If we're going to die, we're dying together. This was, and I'm not joking. That's actually, well, that was my thinking about this. It was a bad idea because it tra- I was traumatized. And since that moment, I have a fear of heights. <laughs> I didn't have one before that. <laughs> so anyways, I mean, maybe I did. I didn't want to do the ride. Maybe I did have a fear of heights, but I didn't specifically. But now anytime I'm really high, I'm like, oh, my stomach turns. I feel a little bit sick. I'm like, oh my gosh, I do not like this. So, I mean, we all have fears. And I think fears is a really interesting thing because everybody you know, is afraid of different things and for different reasons. And I I find that very, very strange and unusual and unique as well. But um, a number of years ago, I'd heard this talk from Timothy Keller and he talked about how often our greatest fears or the things that we fear losing the most are tied to, could be tied to something in our lives that either has become an idol or has become a stronghold in our lives. And and I'll just give you a little understanding of, of what this means, right? If God is Lord of everything, if he is our Lord and he's master over everything, then everything else that's underneath it. And we're reading right now in Corinthians and Paul is really trying to impart this idea that everything that God has created, he's created for your good. He's created 
as a benefit for you. But if any of those created things gets unrightly ordered and comes over the lordship of God, then all of a sudden that thing that was meant to be a blessing and, and that thing that's meant to be something that makes us flourish and adds blessing and value to our lives, all of a sudden becomes something we're very tightly holding onto and actually has power over us. And so this is this idea that he's talking about. What are these things that you fear more than anything else? What are these things that you might say, if I lost this, or if this was taken from me, I couldn't live. I couldn't live with that. I couldn't, I couldn't make my, I don't know if I'd ever recover. We say these things, we think these things. And so I just wanted to have a conversation today with you, Rhonda and Ermory about, you know, some of those things in our lives. What do we do with those things? How do we navigate those spaces where like, there's a genuine, like, oh my goodness, like, this is really like scary. And if I lose this, if I lose control, if I lose power, if I lose, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like has, have those things become unrightly ordered in our life. And what do we do with that? So I just want to open up the conversation with that comment and just see if there's anything that comes to mind for you guys, you know, are there, are there things that you fear are there things you've had to navigate through that the Lord has put his finger on and said, you know what, this has become a problem. This is out of order. Let me be Lord of that. Trust me with that. I want to give you life and flourishing from that. Not that that has power over you. So I'd love to dig into that just in a practical way, in a personal way too, of how that's affected us. Either of you who wants to jump in? Sure. Right. I can jump in. <laughs> um, that is such a, I think, I don't think we understand the importance of quite getting that. Um, because it steals from us in every area when we do have things out of order like that, but it also steals from our purpose, which is to how we navigate and influence people around us and how we share love with other people. Because when we are stolen from, we have less to give. And I think we don't, you know, we kind of, I personally have, have in the past, I've always kind of found if there's something like that that I feel is highlighted for me that is out of order it's so easy to just kind of put it to the side and focus on other things because we're almost scared to tackle it because it it will mean doing some dirty work and it'll all also mean really you know facing some pride issues and um and the fear issues I think for me, one of the most valuable things has been to understand that the feeling of fear is not a bad thing. Now, hear me out when I say that, because people would be like, what? The Bible says, do not be afraid. I agree. The Bible says, do not be afraid. God is very clear about that. But just the feeling of fear is, is an emotion. It is a feeling. And God gave us all our emotions. It is when we step into being afraid and living in a place of afraid because that's when things get out of order but to actually acknowledge that this feeling that I have of fear is actually not a bad thing but what am I going to do with that now um, that has been helpful for me because if I don't acknowledge the fact that I do sense fear in that I give it power 
Because if I have the feeling of fear and I can acknowledge, okay, this is a feeling of fear. Where is this coming from? And I can take authority over that as a daughter of a king, then I have power over it. It doesn't mean that it just goes away and I'm not going to have to face it again. It will come back over and over because the enemy is at work to try and get us to have things out of order. Because if we can get things above God, he's winning. So I think for me, it's been powerful to acknowledge First of all, the feeling of fear and then deal with that versus trying to deal with the situation itself um, because it's less overwhelming. And actually, the root is that initial feeling that became a being, because if I become afraid and I live from a place of afraid and I start making decisions from the place of fear, then I am I have created a posture of fear versus an emotion of fear. So for me, that has been helpful. Um, yeah, I don't know, Rhonda, how about you? That is really powerful. I think the power of acknowledging the emotion of fear, but when we're not driven by fear, paralyzed by fear, but we recognize what fear does to rob, steal, and destroy, and we don't let it go there. Like we, like I love how you said that and bring it into submission to Christ. I had a situation I'm, I'm a pretty, like, I love skydiving. I'm a thrill seeker. I'm not usually afraid of many things. I love animals. I'm not afraid of many, but I have to say when Jada was around a year and a half, well, actually I shouldn't say that even when she was about six months old, I had a spirit of fear actually come over me and attack my life. And it tried to lay hold over something with Jada. Like it was, I never had that with V it was about six months after she was born. And I got this I had a nightmare that something had happened and that nightmare just kept reoccurring. And it was like a grip started to happen in my heart that I literally started to feel like this foreboding, like something was going to happen and this overwhelming sense of fear. And I honestly, I could not shake it. It was like three, Jay would pray over me. I would go for prayer and I just was pressing. So even as talking about this, there is a spirit of fear that we can, we can give into. And then there's a stronghold, like a spirit that tries to lay hold. And what happened was um, I just began to, I felt one night the Lord gave me a scripture and just said, start to declare my word over the situation. And I just, every night I, would, like I was losing sleep. I was starting to get par like paranoid about her, something happening. I had never been like that. It was this really unique time in my life. And I look back and I can see it was a stronghold that was starting. And I began to like pray the scripture, just like you've said, Emery, I honestly was like, I feel afraid, but I thank you, God. I break that fear. And I started to, and I, I tell you over time, it diminished. I would love to say overnight, it was just gone. It wasn't, it was literally trying to anchor itself in another situation happened with her a year later where she could have drowned. It was like a pretty close situation the same thing all of a sudden it triggered this whole thing once again and I was like okay first off now looking back I'm like there's a you know there's God knows and he already gave me the tools but once again I had to push through lean in it didn't just go away I used the word of God but I literally had to say it over and over and over this one line she will live a long life and see good days she's going to leave a long life and see i would go and lay my hands on her in the crib lay my hands on her when she's eating her breakfast like anytime i felt it wash over me i would just start to say the scripture it's not like that is going to alleviate anything bad from happening in my life no suffering i'm not saying that but it literally was not giving the enemy power and authority and canceling i really felt 
an assignment that was over her life. And so all that to say, you know, some of you, I, I haven't since experienced to the same degree. I talked in our last podcast about Jay going through cancer. There's a lot of deep fear that I suppressed, but this was a very unique time that I actually was woken up in the night, nightmares, panic, anxiety would wash over me. And I would literally have to just grab her and lay the, and I would say it out loud. And then I got to the point, I made my kids say it every night. They went to sleep. I will live a long life and see good days. And I was like, okay, great. <laughs> I just got to speak it and trust the Lord in his sovereign hand, like trust the Lord, but I'm going to just speak it for my own spirit to be at peace and to align to the word of God. I leave the rest to the God I trust. So I love how you've said that we have to acknowledge it. Also, we have to recognize where that spirit is coming from. And then if it's gone to another level where it's literally starting to grip into our spirit, we have to press through and break that stronghold no matter what it takes. So I love that. That's really powerful. And I think as moms, you know, anybody that's on the call that, or is listening in that has had a child, like we can really identify even with some of those fears coming on or that being a space where the enemy can get a foothold. You know, another interesting one that manifested for me over the course of my life was around my purpose and my calling. And I remember in my mid twenties, just having this overwhelming sense that I didn't really realize my potential in my young twenties that I, I wished that I would have maybe chosen a different path of education. I, I would, I would, I wished I would have done more education. I wanted, and I sort of had this idea of what I wanted to do. I wanted to go back to university. I wanted to get more education. I wanted to become a therapist and I wanted to have my own practice. And I thought this would work really, really well for me, you know, and wanting to have kids and be able to manage both. And I, you know, I could see it all and I could fit it into this little plan. And I, um, over and over and over, and I actually had this reoccurring dream, which was so, so strange. Um, I went to college and studied social work, but I had this reoccurring dream that I never actually graduated and the rear and every, every time I'd wake up from this reoccurring dream and I would think, oh my goodness, I didn't actually graduate. Like I never graduated. I didn't complete my studies. I, I flunked out and I didn't make it, but there's this picture on my mom's wall of me, like shaking the chancellor's hand getting. So I would then remember this picture and I'd be like, no, that's just a dream. And it's just a funny thing, but I could see that there was this like swirling sort of fear, sort of unrealized potential purpose. Can I trust God with my future? And, um, one day, you know, I prayed about this for a long time and was trying to figure out. And I remember I was at the computer and I was like, okay, I'm going to sign up right now. I'm going to register. So I had met with someone recently and they had said, um, they had said to me, just start taking one course at a time. Even if it takes you the next 10 years, you'll be there in 10 years, like start taking one course at a time. So I was at my computer and I was just about to sign up for my course. And I took a minute to pray. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, like, do you, but is this your plan for my life? Like, ultimately, uh, this is what I want to do, but I'm going to lay this down. Is this your plan for my life? And I opened up the scriptures. I felt the Lord tell me to open up the scriptures. Um, and I started reading the story of the seven sons of Sceva and where Simon, the sorcerer wanted to buy the anointing. And I, I really felt this conviction of the Holy spirit come over me. As I read this story of the Lord saying to me, like what I want to do with your life. I want to come by no means of your own. Do not try to earn or buy what I want to do in my power and my anointing. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Well, in this moment, I'm just by myself, like in my room alone in this moment, all of a sudden, this, this release, this release just came of 
all of this. And I mean, I wrestled this at, for years back and forth, this dream, this just this unsettledness, what to do with my future. And all of a sudden it just, it just left in that moment. I mean, it was a sad moment because I had to give up a dream, but it was also this relief of like, God, you know, my future, your future is better than the one that I can plan and I will trust you. So again, when we're walking these journeys of fear, you can always see this fear am I going to trust fear? Am I going to trust fear? Am I going to trust? I'm going to pick up the fear and I'm going to try to make my way. I'm going to try to control it, or I'm going to release and I'm going to trust what the Lord has and what the Lord says. And I'm going to be obedient. And again, there's always blessing that comes on that side, but there is a wrestle in the midst of that. And so, yeah, that was just one area. There's been so many over the years that the Lord said, Hey, this this is not rightly ordered. Give this to me and let me be in charge of that. Let me be the Lord of your kids. Let me be the Lord of your future. Let me be the Lord of your health, whatever it is. So I think that's, I think that's huge, you know, for all of us as we're navigating that. Actually, Lori, I would, and would love to read the scripture because as you, you are sharing Rhonda and you, this is just so beautiful. This is from the Passion Translation, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. The way of escape. We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being, but God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, the nature, and the timing of every test and trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust him more. For along with every trial God has provided for you, a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. Like that is, that's just like both of your stories. That's exactly it. So powerful. So powerful. I love it. You know, one of my mentors is on the call, Ruth Cullen, and uh, she has this, this, um, thing that she says over and over and over again, you know, whenever she has the opportunity, but fear is like an acronym that stands for false evidence appearing real. And I love that. I just love that because that is true. Fear comes to us and it appears one way, but actually on the other side of that, is something completely different when we can put our trust in God. A funny story about fear. I remember going to, on a trip to Africa and we were doing a safari and um, we were, this is just like how different people are afraid of different things. But we were um, looking at the lions and we were in a Jeep that was uncovered. And there was a whole pride of lions that was lying not very far, like probably maybe eight to 10 feet away from us. It wasn't far at all. And they were all calm. They had just eaten and they were just sitting in their pride and we were watching and just got so close to them. And it was beyond fascinating. But there was one person on our trip that this situation was absolutely terrifying for them, like terrifying. And for me, it wasn't at all. It wasn't even afraid. In fact, I felt almost like a false sense of safety. Like I wanted to get out of the Jeep and walk over to them. I know, <laughs> I know enough not to do that, but I just was they were so calm and they were so beautiful. And I just wanted to go and like sit with them and pet them. <laughs> and this other, you know, this other person on our trip was beyond terrified, like backing up in the Jeep as far as they could get away. And I just remember like thinking about this, like, what is it that makes one person, you know, so, so, so terrified. And another person can sit in the ideal 
identical situation and feel absolutely nothing. But the enemy knows us so well, and he knows exactly what our triggers are. He knows exactly what our, you know, what's in our past, and he knows how to get to us specifically. So there's not one thing across the board. It's not like everybody should just do this, or it looks this way, or we all fear shows up in such unique ways in all of our lives. And so how do you think we navigate that, you know, interpersonally, because it looks so different for all of us. That is, it is so true. Honestly, when I think back through my life, like things that, and even in some seasons, it cannot even be something that's in front of you. It could be also a deep fear of not something not happening. Like it could literally turn into a fear, like a deep disappointment. And then it becomes a fear. Like I, this is not going to happen and it becomes a fixation. And I think that's what fear does. It draws all of our attention to something, whether it's a false, like evidence right, appearing real, whether it's something false or whether it's something all of a sudden that we have desired that now turns into a disappointment, turns into unresolved issue that turns into this deep seated fear. Like I'm not going to measure up, or this is not going to happen, or if this, it can go there because what it does, it sucks us in to draw our attention to something that's not God. It draws our attention away from exactly that order of putting God first. And yeah, there are some things like I will not go and pick up a dead mouse. Like I'm not saying today that we need to go and face our fear. Like I'm not talking about that. Okay. Cause I'm not picking up a dead mouse. I'm telling you right now, I'm not picking up anything like that or, you know, whether it's a snake or spiders or whatever it may be. We're not talking about that, but we're talking about when it's something in our spirit, when we know this is something we have to operate in the opposite spirit, push back in the opposite spirit, use the authority of the word of God and to not give up, not to give up and not to settle for that fear ruling and reigning. Cause that, that fear wants to rule and reign because it's a spirit. It wants to rule and reign within us. It's not from the kingdom of God. Perfect love casts out all fear. Our God is the God of love. This is not from the, this is not from heaven. And so what we need to do is align and really not let it take that rootedness in our hearts. And it wants to enthrone itself and rob and steal. That's because fear will do no good. When we're talking about that spiritual fear inside, it is going to bring nothing but death, nothing close to life. And so it really is aligning it to the word of God and being ruthless to say, I'm going to persevere until that starts to lift. And every time it comes, not to be discouraged, but to say, I'm pressing through. This is not going to hold me back. And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be reigned by this. There's no way. Get people around you. I think this is a beautiful thing of, of just community. I talked a little bit about it in a message before about individualism. We do life alone. This is where we can be enticed. We can be drawn away, but doing it together brings strength, protection together, but also it brings that, just that power of when we pray together, one could put a thousand to 10,000. Imagine all of us are praying. We agree together, say, this is not going to have a place. We speak in the name of Jesus and authority over this area. We speak the breaking of that stronghold in the name of Jesus. We just, we got to press through, but I feel that sometimes in my own life, I have settled with the fear to be like, oh, well, that's just how it is. Oh, well, that's just, no, we don't need to settle. That's not what the God has says. We, the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing and we are going to lay hold of it. We are not going to let this go. Like, so I just feel that my own spirit, sometimes I'll let things kind of be like, oh, well, it's just, it's just how it is, or this is how I am. No, we know when it doesn't line up to the word of God, we can say, no. 
I'm not going to settle for that. And I'm not going to let that take place and root right in because it'll just go deeper and deeper and deeper. It will never just stay where it is. Sin will grow. It's going to continually take you where you never want it to go. It's going to really, it's going to go deep into your spirit. So we want to uproot that, like uproot it. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit within us because we can't, we don't always see, but he goes, he prunes, he cleanses, and he uproots and tills that ground because it's death. It's just going to rot right there. So anyway, it's never going to stay comfortable. It's not going to stay in a box. None of that stays in a box. It will always seep out. It's going to affect every area of our lives if we don't rule and reign it under Christ. So, yeah. So, so, so good. That's so powerful, Rhonda. It, it is it is that thing that you just said for me too. And I think I said it earlier. It's so easy to just put it to the side and think that it's okay. Like, I'm not going to let it steal too much from me, but it doesn't, doesn't work that way. And something that I think is powerful for me to always understand, and I'm thinking it would help some of you too, is to realize that when we say yes to something, we're saying no to something else. So in this situation, if I'm saying yes to this fear, even just sitting on the side here of my life, I'm saying no to full victory and to full peace. But we don't really always think about that. We just think, yeah, I can just, because I can, like, I'm pretty powerful and I'm like a competent person. I can totally fake it till I make it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so many of us can do that when we think, yeah, just here. But saying yes to just keeping this here is saying no to, to so many other things. And there's going to be times that God wants to use us wants to call us out to step into faith or to stand in, in the gap for somebody. And I can't because I have said yes to this thing. And by saying yes to this thing, I've said no to being fully available to what God wants to do through me. Um, and we just, we don't think it's that such a big deal, but it is a big deal. And then the other thing from what you said, Lori, of how do we navigate with people in our lives that maybe live in fear in certain areas that to us just it's like not a thing and it's so easy to almost be um i don't want to say incompassionate but i don't even know if that's an english word but <laughs> to just yeah is that a word incompassionate no. not uncompassionate. i think it's oh, a you. sorry it's my second language okay to be uncompassionate but um, Henry Seeley posted a little quote a while ago about, um, about pain, but it's relevant to this too. He said something in the line of just because, so I'm going to reword it, just because somebody's fear doesn't make sense to you, um, doesn't mean it's not real for them. It just means that you haven't walked that road before. And I think that is, it's simple, but it's valuable in order to have compassion for the fears that people have. And, you know, sometimes we just want to jump in there and say, hey, let me stand in, in the gap for you. Let me, but sometimes they are walking through a stronghold, like Rhonda, you have shared with your story. Sometimes it is a process. Sometimes they're waiting on the Lord for that breakthrough. Um, but sometimes they will say, yes, stand with me. I need, I need out of this, but um, I think the love and compassion and availability to just sit with the person that is going through that is sometimes even more powerful than wanting to come in and break this off for them, unless that is where their faith is at and they reach out for that. 
Yeah, that's so good. At the beginning of this year, uh, 2021, I had a health scare. And, uh, and so it was, you know, one of those kind of scenarios where a potential diagnosis was coming and there was testing and all of that. And, you know, that's one of the areas where fear can really get into all of us. And we all have either had that or know somebody who has had, you know, to walk a health journey and it can be a really, really scary thing. And I remember, you know, as, as we were going through it and, you know, as the testing began and in the waiting period began, you know, just taking some time with the Lord. Um, in that place of all of the what ifs, all of the fears. And, you know, at when we are afraid, when we have a circumstance in front of us that is making us afraid, you know, the reality is that yes, those things are going to happen, but what do we do? And so in that moment, you know, I, I, spend some time with the Lord, acknowledge those fears, acknowledged all of the possibilities, but then went to the word of God and asked the Lord, I need a now word, just like Rhonda's story of, you know, when that fear came over her for Jada and, and the Lord gave her a word from the word that she could hold on to. Well, in the same way, and I actually want to speak this scripture over you, because if you are navigating something in your life right now, whether it could be a job related, it could be provision related, it could be relational, it could be a health issue, it could be on something to do with your future. I mean, it could be in any realm, but the reality is when those circumstances come upon us, whether by our choice or by no choice of our own, we have to go to the word for truth. And we have to hold on to the word for truth and allow God to give us a now word for that circumstance. And I just want to speak it because it's a powerful scripture and it really can apply to any a circumstance in any situation. And I just want to speak it over you. So whatever it is you're holding onto today, whatever it is that is causing anxiety or stealing your peace, I just want to speak this scripture over you. And it's from second Chronicles 20 um, chapter 20, verse 17, second Chronicles 20, verse 17. And it says, and this was the word that the Lord gave me as I was entering into this battle. He said, you will not need to fight this battle stand firm, hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. So there it is. And we see that over and over and over again in the scriptures, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed tomorrow, go out against them. And the Lord will be with you. You see, when we are in a difficult circumstance or difficult situation, we do not have to be afraid or Maria, I love how you mentioned that about being versus feeling about letting fear be part of our identity and our being, as opposed to feeling a feeling of fear. I love that distinction. So do not be afraid because the Lord will be with you. So whatever circumstance you're standing in front of right now, you have the promise that the Lord is with you. He's with you in the midst of that. And that is the reason that you do not have to be afraid. And I think that's so powerful. That, that was so anchoring for me. And as I was walking the journey, thankfully, everything was clear in the end. But as I was walking the journey, I remember just holding this tension and saying to the Lord, whether the tests are clear or whether I have to walk a health journey, no matter what the circumstance, 
I know you're going to be with me. And so I did not have to be afraid and I held it. I just held that position. I held that. And so for you too, we just want to speak that over you today, speak that over your circumstance that you can hold that and you can walk in that. That is so powerful. I love it. Go away. I love that. No, you go. <laughs> I'm just saying, amen. And I feel like even today, as Lori was just speaking those words, I really feel there are some of you that have come on this call and there is no pressure for you whatsoever to share. But if you want prayer, we're here together. We can pray. We can believe for God to just bring a miracle, to release you from fear, release you from like exactly what Lori said, a circumstance you're facing, or perhaps or something, you've just hit a wall and you just need breakthrough in that area. I want you to know we're here to pray and we'll take a little bit of time at the end to kind of let everyone share what they're feeling and how we can come alongside of you. And I just want to, even as we were just sharing all through that, I loved how we spoke about at the end of the day, we all are here to love one another. And no one here, like, like we were saying, can tell in that moment, tell you what you need to do right there. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit. We need to respond to the Holy Spirit. We need to be open. We can't just step into people's lives and barge in and tell people what to do with their fears. I love how you shared that. We can't do that because the Lord has asked us to live in love. We have to be open to that exchange together to work together. But I want you to know there is no shame. If you are walking through a situation where you feel like you've had a lot of fear and anxiety, please right now, even hear this, that this in no way is saying you are not, you know, a strong enough Christian, or you don't have faith, or you have a stronghold and you need to deliver. We are not saying that we're saying though, you need to take this before the Lord and ask God, God, show me what to do next. Show me what to do with this. I know what your word is telling me. Once again, give me a word. I want to live according to life. I don't want to say yes to this because I'm saying no to something else. I want that space to be fully yours, your to rule and reign. I bring it before you. But I just want to finish even this, my what I wanted to share with this gentleness to say, we are all in life together, journeying together. Not one of us is perfect. Not one of us have it together. We follow Jesus. We are all looking to him to be more like him. So we wrap our arms around you. We wrap, and if, this is why we have one another, because we're one is weak, one is strong. When one falls down, the other can pick them up. Not all of us are, none of us are perfect, but we all, sometimes we go through seasons where we need that covering of prayer. And if you're feeling that today, we just want you to know you are loved. God has a plan and he is going to bring you through. And it may not be to, it may be a journey and this breakthrough may be a journey, but God's desire, his deep desire is that you would be free. You would be free and that you would live in the fullness of life that God has intended for you for he came to give you life and live, give you abundantly. So, but I just want to wrap my arms around the screen and say, no matter where you are on this journey, we're all in this together. And if, you know, we just want to love one another through and also be there for one another to really break, to bring strength home, but also to bring the love and the support and the hugs too. Not just come like blazing, but to really feel this whole thing. And as we work, walk that through, we just pray that you would come to a place with the Holy Spirit, that you would be open for God to go to that deep place, to the root and to root it out because that's his heart. So. Ermarie, would you pray for us as a group? And if you're on the call right now, or if you're listening after, I just really encourage you just open your hands like this, just open your hands before the Lord and whatever it is that's in those hands that you're 
just holding on to, you just want it to work out one way or another. And you're holding so tightly, just open your hands before the Lord. And Irma, if you would pray for us, um, just as a group, just for a releasing of whatever it is we need to release before the Lord and that provision of the Lord to come, uh, in the face of whatever circumstance we're facing as a group. And then we'd love to open up the conversation for, for a time to share and, and pray together. Awesome. Before I pray, I just want to read the scripture, 2 Corinthians, or I'm obviously in Corinthians, uh, to verse 2 Corinthians 3, verse 16. But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they will see. Now, the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit. And whenever he is Lord, there is freedom. Father God, we just want to come right now and we want to turn to you with open hearts. We want to look to you, Holy Spirit, with our open hearts, and we, we stand in this promise that you will lift the veil and whatever has caused us blindness um, or the feeling of being stuck in whatever situation it is. I just want to pray a release over that right now in the powerful name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here right now in each of our spaces and that you are here to bring freedom, to bring clarity, to bring courage, to bring boldness, and to bring your peace that surpasses all understanding. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will increase discernment for each and every single person here listening, even later on listening. Discernment that we would know what to hold on to and what to let go. Things that we might even think like we just need breakthrough for, for Father, that through your Holy Spirit, we would be open for you to just dissect that and say, this was actually never for you to hold on to. We come with open hearts and open hands. And we say, come, come move in our thoughts, come move in our feelings, come move in our soul and restore us through the process of us being willing to turn back to your divine order of things in our lives thank you holy spirit thank you father god i pray this blessing over each of you in the name of jesus amen thank you for joining us today on the awakening moments podcast we pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of life and we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends and remember, you are so loved by God and he is always with you.